as we gather on this Good Shepherd Sunday, as we hear the powerful passage of Jesus, who is the Good Shepherd, I'm really struck this morning from our first reading, from the Acts of the Apostles, Peter's speech that he gives on Pentecost, and this very powerful sermon, my brothers and sisters, we hear that 3,000 people are converted at that one time. All of us who are ordained would wish we would be able to preach like that. But you see, my friends, if you notice what happens after Peter finishes speaking, the individuals, it says, are cut to the heart. And they ask a question. They ask Peter and the other apostles, what are we to do, my brothers? How are we to respond? Because you see, my friends, in that conversion, it meant a commitment. Not only a commitment to the Lord, but a commitment of their very lives to following Jesus. What are we to do? I remember when I was visiting Scotland, they brought us to the cemetery. And there was a tombstone there of a gentleman, I believe his name was something like Angus MacDonald. But it had a very interesting inscription on the tombstone. It says that he was an ideal churchman, but not a very religious man. Sounds like an oxymoron. He was an ideal churchman, but not a very religious man. What does that mean? Which sort of, my brothers and sisters, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Here is an architect who constructs this wonderful tower, almost 200 feet tall, but it leans 20 degrees from perpendicular. Why? Because the foundation of this great tower is only 10 feet deep. It didn't have much of a foundation. And I think, my brothers and sisters, in looking at that tombstone, a person that is an ideal churchman or parishioner, but not very religious or faithful, that means that you don't have or we don't have a good foundation. Yes, maybe we show up at church on Sunday, we put a few dollars in the collection basket, and then we go on with our lives. We maybe do, do the minimum that is required. But we're not very faithful. We're not very religious. Because faith, my brothers and sisters, puts demands on our life. And so Peter responds to this question. What are we to do? Did you notice his response? There's three steps. He says, repent and be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, if we want to have a firm foundation, if we want to be faithful disciples in the vineyard and not just minimalistic as Catholic Christians, then those are three steps for each and every one of us as we follow in the footsteps of the Good Shepherd. The first is to repent. And repent is a word that our culture does not like. Because repent means conversion. It means change. 
The first words of Jesus' public ministry, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Are we willing to undergo that conversion? Because it takes work. I remember that we had a teacher who was also a coach. And he had this little saying he borrowed from someone. He said, gentlemen, for those who need a little extra practice, the bus leaves at 12 noon for the field. For those who think they know it all, the empty bus leaves at 5. And he was right. Everyone need a little extra practice. And it's saying that is true in our faith, my friends. In this time in which we repent, in which we open our hearts to the movement of the Spirit, because it's so easy for sin to creep in, for the vices to creep in. It's like the image of a story I was reading about this huge tree in Colorado. An enormous tree that suddenly died. This tree was so big that scientists estimate that when Columbus discovered America, it was only a little seedling. At the time the pilgrims landed, it was about half grown. The tree was struck by lightning, they could tell at least 15 times. Yet it wasn't lightning, not lightning that killed it. It wasn't the cold weather. It wasn't fire or avalanches or anything like that. This big, enormous tree was brought down by some tiny beetles that infested the tree and killed it. Sin, my brothers and sisters, is oftentimes like these little tiny beetles that come into our life. And they begin to gnaw at our soul. And we become more and more infested. And that's why the first command is to repent, as Peter says. Change your hearts if you and I want to follow the Good Shepherd. Secondly, repent and be baptized. Probably most of us in this church, my brothers and sisters, were baptized when we were infants. So what does that look like for you and for me? It means that each and every day we should have a renewal of those baptismal promises. To reject sin and Satan. To profess what we believe. There's a custom in Poland that follows the day after Easter. It's called Wet Monday. And on Wet Monday, the young people play practical jokes. You see them with hoses and buckets of water, and they look for unsuspecting people, and they douse them. Now, most people don't believe it has much of a religious significance. It's sort of like our version of April Fool's Day to some extent. But my brothers and sisters, there is a connection Following the day after Easter, a reminder that we too have died with Christ in the font of baptism so that we may rise with Him to new and everlasting life. Do we live that out? 
when Jesus knocks on the door of our heart, do we let him in? And maybe we do let him in. But maybe we let him in and then we let him sit in the hallway. Still with his coat on and his hat in his hand. And we go about our business because we don't want him in the rest of the house. We don't want him in the rest of our hearts because it's going to make demands. He's going to want us to change. We're going to have to do all these other things that I don't know if I want to do. But that's what it means to be a disciple. Repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit, which enlightens our lives. I like this little example when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Many years ago during the Industrial Revolution, there was a woman who came to see her priest. And she worked in one of the largest factories in the city, a huge factory. And she was telling her priest that she was going to have to quit her job because she wasn't able to make any money to help support her family. And so the priest said to her, is it because the factory doesn't have enough orders to fill? And she said, no, we have plenty of orders to fill. There's only one problem. We have all this machinery, but we don't have enough electricity. And so my machine sits idle for most of the week, and so I can't do any work. Therefore, I don't get paid. My brothers and sisters, our life many times is like that. We have a lot of machinery, but we have very little power. We're doing a lot of things. But we're not being directed by the Spirit to empower us and enlighten us so that we can discern God's will in our own lives. And so that we can go forth in the power of that Spirit, renewed and refreshed, to hear Jesus call us by name. My dear friends, as we continue our Easter journey, this pilgrimage, may we too hear these words of St. Peter. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. And as we do, my friends, then and only then will we ever be able to hear the Good Shepherd call us by name. And in calling us, we may be able to faithfully follow him all the days of our life.